Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Tom Nightingale, who's President and CEO at International Package Shipping, and Martin Verimeren, who is CEO at MP Objects. And today we're going to talk about digital supply chain control towers, from concept to practice. Now, one of my predictions for uh, 2018 was that supply chain visibility was going to get uh, clearer, more real-time, and more predictive with machine learning and enhanced data. And you know, one of the, the big trends that's part of that story is the continued evolution of digital supply chain uh, control towers. Uh, so what's you know, new and different uh, you know, with this technology? What are some of the factors that are driving demand for it? And, and how are businesses, how are companies deriving value and business benefits uh, from digital supply chain control towers? Well, those are some of the questions we're gonna explore in today's episode, and it's certainly great to have you know, Tom and Martin on the program to share their insights and advice on this topic. So, uh, Tom, Martin, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Adrian. Looking forward to some good uh, discussions on the digital control tower today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Tom, let me, uh, let me start with you. Um, you know, again, the, the, the term control tower has been around, in, you know, for some time and, and certainly it's continued, you know, the technology and, and what that means has continued to evolve over the past few years. I mean, what is digital supply chain control towers and, and what's different today to compare it to just a few years ago? Yeah, so that's a great question, Adrian. You know, as you said, the term has been around forever, but I think it's been one of the most kind of abused terms in our industry. I think that it means something different to so many different people. And the concept has always been right. We're gonna, since the day it originated, the concept has been right. It's been an intuitive concept. But in those early days, what we really saw was supply chain control towers that were just basically a bunch of people being thrown into a room in the hinterlands or in some low-cost operating environment where you could provide some updates, the occasional change in routing, or a slight response to something that went bump in the night. And I think what's really changing now is that the consumer's expectations have come up so high versus where they used to be. Uh, you know, call it the Amazon effect, call it anything you want, but you know, a consumer today, or even a, an average run-of-the-mill procurement person, um, not necessarily you know, the, the, the procurement team that might have been at the, the largest, the Fortune 50 companies in the past, have so much information at their fingertips and such high expectations now that those intuitive but largely unfulfilled promises of control towers have now really become just absolutely the bane of everyone's existence. Everybody wants and, and needs and expects companies to be responsive and to be able to orchestrate a supply chain in a way that not only gives them visibility, but gives them the ability to respond in real time change the routing of a shipment, change the destination of a shipment, and to be able to knit together systems so that the consumer experience is, is, is seamless, flawless. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, uh, you know, that, that's a great point, and, and, and I agree. I mean, I think, you know, what I, you know, what I hear from a lot of companies is that the margin for error has gotten smaller and smaller, right? So, um, you know, the ability to make, you know, sm smarter decisions faster is, e is even more, you know, critical. Um, and, and I think, you know, right now companies could get away with some of those black holes that they had, 
across the supply chains, whether it was black holes on the international front, whether it was black holes in terms of what was happening you know, at the storefront level or what was happening with the final mile delivery or what was happening with returns, whatever the case might be, you know, they, they, was, uh, they can get away with it. But now really, uh, because of the, the consumer expectations and, and not only in the B2C world, but even the B2B world, the expectations have become so great um, and the competitive landscape has become much more uh, significant. Um, you know, that need for uh, being able to understand what's happening in real time to across the supply chain and then being able to take action uh, and intelligent action, you know, in, in a quick manner, I think it's become much more, uh, much more important. Uh, so, so Martin, that, that leads me to you and, and, and my next question. I, you know, I think Tom touched upon it a little bit there, but I mean, what is driving demand for digital supply chain control towers now? I mean, I'm sure, you know, he brought up the Amazon effect, and, uh, but I'm sure that's part, only part of it, right? Yeah, so basically at MPO, we see like four main drivers basically making this all happen. The first one is like what we call the customer is king. Yeah? It's the Amazon effect in the B2C and the B2B world these days, like an endless choice, lowest cost, highest service, personal experience, the impossible combination of all the good things, you know, getting there towards uh, the customers. At the same time, we also, as a second driver, see like uh, globalization. Competition is getting global. Yeah? On the one hand, you know, that's an opportunity to enter into new markets. At the same time, it's a threat. So it creates like an open market where definitely you need to create an edge. Also, when it comes to your supply chain performance, or as we call this like the base in marketing, supply chain performance should be really like a differentiator to, to win in those new open global markets. At the same time, because of those uh, globalization effects uh, and, and other specialization, basically, uh, you know, so get get involved. Uh, it's because of, you know, the globalization and the, the geographically expansion over the globe. But at the same time, it's also like more specialization. Uh, companies tend to make uh, better use of more specialized uh, suppliers, for example, to support their wider uh, assortment, but also to make use of specialized contractors. Uh, even within their own companies, they might have, you know, an internal network because they have um, been subject to, let's say, merger and acquisition. So specialization and networking are also other drivers which see, which we see adding to the overall complexity of the uh, supply chains these days. And at the same time, and I also would like to mention that as a driver, you know, technology is there. The cloud is disrupting the business. And we, we have the best examples available from, uh, you know, the, uh, the consumer world still these days. Uh, like, you know, Spotify, uh, Airbnb, Uber. But also in the B2B, we have seen, you know, the power of, for example, Salesforce. We might talk about, you know, Uber Freight and so on. And, and these trends, so these, these disruptive cloud technologies are also entering into the world of supply chain management these days as a fourth driver of why the digital control tower and digital supply chain now really, you know, are happening. You know, that, that last point, I think, is, is, is right on. I mean, I think, I think just to build on what both Tom said, right? Tom, you know, Tom, you, you kind of talked about how this, this concept has been around for some time and there was a lot of, you know, promise, you know, early on or, or expectations early on. But quite frankly, you know, some of the technology just wasn't ready for it, you know, a decade ago when, you know, whether it was, um, you know, cloud technology, which is kind of, um, you know, from a computing standpoint, being able to now be able to process data uh, and information um, in a much more timely, you, you know, manner, you know, volumes of data that, you know, in, in the past would have taking, taken hours, if not days to, you know, process all that information. And then when you have things like mobile right now and sensors and you've got, uh, um, you know, APIs and web services that are, you know, uh, facilitating 
you know, the connectivity and the flow of information. I mean, I think that's all of that coming together is really helping, you know, to, to facilitate uh, all of this. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Tom, um, you, you know, when you consider that companies have, you know, already invested in ERP and, you know, transportation management systems and warehouse management systems and, you know, other supply chain, you know, systems. I mean, why is a control tower, you know, even needed? I mean, in other words, I mean, where does and how does a digital control tower fit within the existing IT landscape that companies have right? Yeah. So I think what we've seen is that generally speaking, ERPs, TMSs, WMSs, they have all pretty much achieved the potential that we all thought they would individually. The problem is by definition, they are siloed systems. They really have never done a good job talking back and forth across systems, whether it's sometimes it's the same company that manufactures that software. Sometimes it's different companies, but companies have made investments in this legacy technology and it's good technology. There's nothing wrong with it. But what they need is they need to extend the life of that technology out and they need to get that technology working across its silos. And the, the digital supply chain control tower promise and what is now finally becoming reality. We can knit together those disparate technologies and do it in a way that's seamless for the consumer, do it in a way that's seamless for the individual operator who has to make a decision, who has to actually orchestrate a supply chain and in the past would have had to jump around from screen to screen and from system to system or maybe you know, call into somebody else who had access to a different system. Now, this can all be done through a single control tower application. And as Martin mentioned before, the fact that the cloud has become ubiquitous, the fact that we can knit all these things together with a much lighter footprint than we ever would have in the past, I think represents an entirely new generation for, of technology and extending the life of those products out and making them far more useful, taking them from here where you had them before up to here where you can really get the, the full realization of the value that you thought you would. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a great point. Martin, did you have yeah. something to add to that? Yeah, you know, I can add to that. Uh, definitely, I subscribe to, to the view like Europe systems, warehouse systems, and transportation systems. You know, they all deserve their need and value in their respective areas. But as such, it's not enough. You know, there's, you know, something extra needed to basically represent the end-to-end uh, demand and to act on behalf of the customer, basically, to create that incredible experience uh, like the Amazon over multi-parties. Yeah, I mean, I think the other important piece is, you know, the fact that, you know, supply chain by nature is going to be a heterogeneous uh, IT environment, right? So even though, you know, you may even have, uh, you may have, uh, you know, put efforts into get as homogenous as possible within your own four walls, the reality is that you still need information uh, from logistics service providers, from carriers, from your suppliers, from your customers, and they all have, you know, different systems and perhaps in some cases, no systems at all. Right. So part of the challenge is, you know, how do you connect effectively and seamlessly, you know, with with what is by default and will always be a, a very heterogeneous and changing environment because your suppliers today may not be your suppliers tomorrow. Your customers today may not be your customers tomorrow. So it's an ever, you know, ever changing, you know, landscape there. That's that's part of the, you know, part of the challenge. Um, you know, Martin, uh, kind of diving into the technology a little bit then. I mean, what are some of the key uh, capabilities companies should look for in a digital supply chain control tower then? 
Yeah, so right. So in order, you know, to uh, to become like a mature player in the uh, digital supply chain world, you definitely uh, sooner or later need to have your own control tower platform. And uh, by this, I mean, coming back to your point, first of all, you need to create end-to-end -end visibility over all the operations, over all the service providers, over all your suppliers, uh, customers, internal facilities, and so on. So visibility mainly at that level is still focusing on getting the data together, yeah, transparency. But that's not enough. You know, from that, that, that level onwards, basically, you also need to make sure that the control tower platform is enabling you to collaborate, basically, yeah? to, to enable, facilitate a process across the parties. Those can be, you know, internal people, but also your external parties, like your suppliers and your service providers uh, working in the uh, supply chain, but also like, you know, customs parties, uh, regulators, uh, collaborating on, on the same pieces of information. On top of that, and then you're, let's say, approaching like the ultimate levels, uh, you also should have a control tower platform which supports optimization, yeah? which facilitates decision making. The you know the, the challenges are so complex; it's it's let's say beyond human comprehension. You need to have algorithms and rules, uh, decision rules, basically in the system to, to the extent possible, at least automate those decision processes or wherever you would like to at least get you know um, suggestions which you can basically then uh, decide upon. And basically, if you add levels of uh, visibility, collaboration and optimization. In our view, you have a true control tower platform, which, which really is like supporting you in the orchestration. We call it like supply chain orchestration. It's having planning and execution basically integrated into one system, going hand in hand and working on a continuous mission base. That's the true, let's say, ultimate level of control tower platform to, uh, to, to deliver that, that, that ultimate uh, customer experience. In, in the MPO terminology, we call it like every customer order deserves its own micro supply chain. And this can be like a consumer order that you place, which, which requires, you know, the best of the best uh, of the internal activities in your own company, but also the external activities being done by others to just satisfy the needs. You would like to have it there at that place with special conditions, packing, special packing, gift wrapping, whatever, you, you make it up. And the same holds for the, um, the purchase departments uh, where, uh, you know, uh, Tom, uh, you, you, you talked about. Those, those purchasers place purchase orders. And they also would like to have that personalized experience in the purchase order. They have all kinds of special wishes, which also require that, uh, let's say, the suppliers come up with their micro supply chains to satisfy the needs of purchase orders in the B2B world. Uh, managing these micro supply chains, it's, it's not easy because it requires, obviously, let's say, end-to-end -end order management. And at the same time, uh, the order management needs to take into account, let's say, country visibility. So where are products available which can be sold? Not just now, but also, you know, having a view on, on future inventory levels across multiple locations. The primary stock records might be in multiple systems, but still you need to have an integrated view to make the, the optimal sourcing decisions. Of that, you also need to take into account, you know, transport considerations, like what services are available, what lead times does it take to uh, do with, you know, hazardous goods, uh, international customs regulation, and so on. So all these, um, you know, factors need to be taken into account in the control tower platform. And then I'm talking the transactional side of the business. Obviously, besides the transactional side, you also would like to have, you know, clear financial overviews. So pricing and costing should be uh, there at the detailed level to do, let's say, um, cost allocations, supply chain cost allocations, but also to use those cost levels to make uh, conscious decisions on what is actually optimal. And on the non-transactional level, obviously, it's all about analytics, descriptive analytics to get a view on, you know, the aggregate level, but also to learn from the analytics and to make it more like prescriptive or maybe later on even like predictive. So the control tower platform uh, in its ultimate form 
uh, let's say, requires a lot of uh, you know, strength to be combined into one, preferably cloud platform. You know, as you were talking there, you were kind of describing, you know, that, that whole overview, kind of it struck me, you know, going back to the early part of our conversation in terms of how much, you know, this, this type of platform has evolved over the past decade. I think if you, uh, if you look back to the early days of Control Tower, it was really just about visibility, right? It was about just being able to see what's going on. Um, and, uh, and not only has the visibility dimension of Control Tower continue to expand to be, you know, much more end-to-end -end than, it, than it was in the past. Um, now you really recognize that the importance of visibility is just not enough, right? You also need to have that optimization, right? Because the amount of data, the amount of, of complexity that's involved, you just can't, um, uh, you know, uh, be able to take, you know, make smart decisions without kind of some optimization to really make sense of what, you know, what's happening. And then, of course, you've got the, you know, the, the further innovations that are taking place with, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning kind of, pushing the envelope on that end as well. Yeah, so maybe to add to that, you know, Gartner as a respected analyst uh, agent is also working on this. And in the past, they, they, they call this like supply chain visibility. And obviously, uh, I don't like visibility to cover basically all the areas I just explained. You know, it's just one the basic level. And these days, there's also acknowledgement for that. So basically, uh, we at MPO call it like supply chain orchestration, like a conductor, you know, planning and execution going hand in hand. And Gardner is working also on the magic quadrant on uh, what they call the uh, multi-enterprise business networks, because that's truly what it is. You know, multi-enterprise business networks where you manage orders and transactions from an end-to-end -end perspective, taking into account the multiple considerations and, and helps with the execution system, the ERP, warehouse, and transport systems. Great, great. Yeah, no, so I mean, I've, I've talked about supply chain, you know, supply chain operating networks and, and in kind of in a similar kind of uh, framework in terms of, you know, bringing in, uh, you know, the, the, the connectivity around all the trading partners that, that are involved and then obviously layer on top of that, not only the visibility to your point, but all the, uh, you know, the, the, the ability to, you know, optimize and uh, transact, you know, a variety of different, uh, you know, supply chain processes. Uh, Tom, back to you, you know, and looking at it now from the perspective of, of logistics service providers, I know when I talk to a lot of logistics service providers, uh, Control Tower is, is something that's, uh, you know, top of mind, uh, you know, for many of them. I mean, how are digital supply chain control towers, you know, impacting and transforming, you know, the 3PL, the logistics service provider uh, industry? I mean, is this, a, is this a must for them? Is this a growth opportunity for them? So I think there's kind of two parts to that question. You know, what does it do to the day-to-day -day of their operations um, is really the first part. And then what does it do to the future operations? So I'll, I'll try to address both. I think in terms of the day-to-day -day of the operation, um, it makes them more digital and therefore less human capital intensive. It lightens up the staffing burdens. Uh, it is hard to get good quality teammates to staff a third-party logistics company um, and bring them up that learning curve. And where you can put technology in, in, in that place, it's, it's a powerful tool. Uh, I think secondly, uh, the ability to implement quickly with a cloud-based and, and lightweight application that doesn't require um, you know, that two-year implementation of, say, the traditional ERPs that we've seen uh, so often is powerful and it also keeps their costs in line because we're all under cost pressures uh, as LSPs. I think third, it's giving them a higher level of ability to optimize supply chains. Um, so it's not just about that, that visibility. It really is, as you, as you have both just said, 
about the control, or as Martin would say, the orchestration of the supply chain. Visibility is table stakes these days. Everybody can do it. Now it's about optimizing, controlling, and orchestrating those supply chains for your customers' benefits. And I think, you know, as you look at the future for 3PLs and what supply chain control towers can really do for them is it allows them to, if, if, they, if they are able to acquire the right systems, to integrate across customers, across their customers' trading partner networks, across their customers' supply chain networks, and deliver value for them more quickly in a way that's far more sticky. Uh, because as an LSP, you know, our biggest frustration is always the fact that every three years we know we're going to get bid out. And now if you can do this, it's a real differentiator. And if you can't, it's a real negative. And I think the ability to take a platform, whether it's MP objects or anybody else, I think it's very powerful for a LSP to be able to, to leverage that as a sales tool and to make their value proposition stronger in the marketplace um, than just the traditional, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of bodies at it, which is what a lot of people have done. I mean, I've had customers come in and tour operations where I didn't have technologies like this and, and say, well, we really like your control tower. And I would look around and I'd say, what control tower? I don't know much. But now this is becoming reality, and I think it really allows LSPs to differentiate in a way that they probably have never been able to. Yeah, no, that's a great, that, that's a great point. And I, I think that, you know, I know when I talk to a lot of but both the LSPs as well as, you know, shippers and manufacturers, and I've written about this in the past, you know, I talked about how the value proposition of, of LSPs is almost becoming, uh, you know, kind of flipped. You know, it used to be about, you know, logistic services and with, with technology as an enabler. And in many cases, what a lot of manufacturers and retailers are looking for is they're looking for that technology as kind of the leader, uh, a leading aspect of it. You know, give us that, that orchestra, the ability to orchestrate, give us that visibility, give us the, the tools, uh, almost like becoming an outsourced IT provider in many ways, uh, where, you know, the, the actual physical movement of the goods and all that is, is kind of expected that you're going to be able to do a quality job of that and where the differentiator really is going to be is on the ability to orchestrate and provide that visibility, which is really, you know, at the core of, of the, the technology here. Um, you, you know, Martin, um, you know, kind of jumping off of there now, I mean, uh, you know, LSPs are, you know, one, one use case, uh, you know, type of company that can benefit from this, you know, obviously manufacturers, retailers. I mean, with looking across the companies that you work with, I mean, can you share with us some, uh, you know, use cases or, or customer examples of, of how digital supply chain control towers are, you know, delivering business value? Yeah, right. So basically, uh, we do serve both, uh, you know, uh, ambitious first uh, to make sure that their winning products also, let's say, flow to market better. And also, with, uh, we work for the uh, for the top LSPs to uh, make sure that they grow their business, basically, you know, uh, offering more advanced services, complex supply chain services. Just to give you examples, uh, basically, uh, we work on, let's say, the outbound perspective, distribution perspective, a lot of, uh, in the B2C market for uh, international e-commerce. Where typically, for example, from the U.S., uh, you know, uh, uh, consumer goods basically get shipped from uh, from U.S. to South America to to Asia and so on. So pretty long chains, but still, you know, very controlled precision execution underlying uh, to it. Another example is uh, more like B2B e-commerce, where we help, uh, let's say, a wholesaler in, in in Europe, for example, to uh, to really connect all the countries together and and, and deliver for multiple uh, stock points and warehouses uh, across. 
let's say, 25 plus European countries. So an integrated you know, solution over, let's say, multiple executions, multiple warehouses, and making use of multiple carriers to, um, to indeed you know, fulfill the promise and also offer the flexibility on the website for those business uh, customers to, to yeah, pick their choices and also uh, submit a special request. If I look at you know, uh, the reverse side, we do a lot on the reverse side. Uh, in high tech, for example, technology, we help you know, um, uh, high tech industry, computer spare parts, to be delivered right on time with very short times, like one to two hours close to, with, from forward stock locations, very close to, uh, to, the, to the, for example, banks or, or, or factories, which have these critical computers running. We're also, we create visibility over, let's say, the central stock, uh, local stock, and make uh, conditions where it can best be uh, sourced from, taking into account the SLA with the customer, but also, you know, the stock availability on those various locations, and obviously the, the, the lead times and the singular multi-lack uh, execution from the sourcing location point of uh, consumption or use. Talking reverse, it's also about, you know, collecting, for example, um, uh, faulty pieces. Uh, and, and in a consolidated way, send them back to uh, OEMs or repair vendors and get them back again in a very controlled manner, uh, even if those you know, OEMs might be uh, somewhere in Mexico or in, in India. Yeah? So longer supply chains with precision execution through uh, making use, uh, by making use of the digital uh, control tower platform. And, and finally, uh, other use cases we do support are uh, on the SAD inbound side. Think about you know, uh, vendor managed inventory and just-in-time deliveries in the automotive industry where you know, components are needed in the assembly line with sequencing. And we basically support uh, uh, those suppliers with managing their stock close to the assembly line, uh, having like MRP type of logic to do call-offs just in time, taking into account also the precise you know, package units, uh, consolidation rule, and transportation lead times to the factories. Um, and finally, on the, uh, as a last example on, on, on inbound, basically, supplier collaboration. For example, in the oil and gas industry, we help uh, some companies, to, uh, you know, delivering their 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 supplies from quite exotic places. Uh, we're you know a control tower system obviously in place, but also where suppliers have an active role to basically collaborate and 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 uh, you know work from the purchase orders and add their advance shipment notifications and make sure that with the control tower team the optimal flow towards those let's say oil rigs whatever point is needed. Uh, is is all well organized and executed as such. Yeah, that's a great uh, you know set of uh, diverse ex examples there. You know, just kind of curious. I mean, one of the things that I've come across when I talk to you know the co companies is that you know when they're looking at the business case or the justification, um, you know, obviously cost reduction or cost management is always going to be part of that. But one of the things that's really rising to the surface, you know, and becoming as important and in some cases even more important than cost reduction is really kind of the customer satisfaction, the customer experience, um, and, and even, you know, retaining or capturing market share as, as becoming a, a bigger part of the, the business value, a business driver for that. Are, are you seeing the same thing, uh, you know, with kind of the, 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 the business cases that you've come across? Yeah, actually, I see two, uh, two answers to, to that um, observation. One, basically, we are selling more and more towards the commercial side of the companies. So where in the past, maybe, you know, it might, might have been like an IT topic or a CIO topic. Uh, thereafter, we, we, you know, we're way more in touch with the VP supply chains to think about their efficiency of supply chains. And these, we also see let that commercial teams get involved, business development teams, marketing and sales, because they would like to expand the proposition to the market with a proper supply chain service. So they are 
you know, deliberately working on further developing the place in marketing to the next level to create an edge. And uh, yeah, we are helping truly, you know, our customers on that on those various levels, not just the IT level, not just the operational level, but definitely also on the, let's say, competitive edge level. And, um, you know, um, having said so, that, that, that requires obviously also a different uh, view on the value equation. Uh, and I can share with you, like in the past, we might have, you know, focused on, on cost savings, which are obviously there. But I see in our sales cycles these days that the cost saving as such is not the most significant you know, decision factor. It's all about, let's say, uh, adding to the top line. It's difficult to quantify, but for, for some, basically, it's even like a license to operate or a way to thrive, basically, in a highly competitive market and also a way to expand their market share and penetrate into new markets. So all like top line related uh, value uh, creators. Great, great. Well, you know, we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to my, my last question here. And so, Tom, I'll ask you first, and then, Martin, you can, uh, you know, provide your thoughts as well. I mean, as a way to wrap up, Tom, I mean, what, what questions should, you know, supply chain executives ask themselves to determine if they, you know, need a digital supply chain control tower? And, you know, what actions should they take to get started? Yeah, I mean, I think as you're evaluating potential providers, um, I, I think you want to look for, Providers that are platform neutral, you know, they can knit together your disparate ERP, WMS, TMS type systems. They can be implemented easily. They've got a good track record of success. Um, this field is new and it's emerging, but it's not so new that nobody has good, solid, referenceable customers. Um, depending on the nature of your supply chain, you probably want somebody who's global in nature and somebody that can implement quickly. You know, as I mentioned before, gone are the days of the two-year ERP implementation. Thank goodness. So I think, you know, as you're looking at your business, you want to evaluate providers up against that, and you want to base your decision on whether or not you have customer expectations that are rising. I don't know too many people who are asking me to, or who are currently being asked to do less with more. It's usually the other way around. Everybody's being asked to do more with less. Everybody's customers' expectations are rising. And as a result, business has to be done differently than it used to. And those legacy systems have to be extended out and knit together in ways that they've never been able to do before. Great points. Martin, your, your thoughts? Yeah, so, so right. I think, you know, uh, look in the mirror and, and ask yourself, like, this of in five to 10 years time if we do not act upon it. So uh, not, you know, develop our services any further. If we do not, you know, develop uh, the, the place in marketing any further, uh, will we have, you know, uh, a place in the market going forward? And if the answer is no, then definitely you need to do something. And, and that requires obviously like an organizational initiative, work on it, but also you need to have sooner or later a platform to, to support that. And obviously when you look for for a platform, you, know, you should uh, look at the functionality, technology, but also, as, as Tom mentioned, organizational experience, um, business critical, you know, availability and support levels, and, and ease of implementation, and international coverage. And, and more at the more detailed level, and, and I think in the end that matters for, for sustainable competitive edge, make sure that you choose a platform which is not just there to create visibility or support uh, collaboration, but truly can optimize and support, let's say, orchestration on inbound, outbound, and reverse with the key principle that each and every customer order deserves its own micro supply chain. You plan up front, execute accordingly, and if something happens, you, you know, take mitigation uh, measures 
to still, let's say, deliver to the promise. And if you still have, cannot make it, then at least keep everybody informed and take corrective actions to the maximum extent. Great. Well, uh, great food for thought and, and insights and advice. You know, I, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we always just manage to, you know, scratch the surface on this uh, topic. And this is certainly a, a very meaty topic, but I, I think we covered a lot of ground today, a, a lot of great, uh, you know, uh, insights and, and, and perspectives and, and advice on, on kind of where we are today with digital supply chain control towers, uh, where we're heading in the future and, and kind of where, uh, how to get started. So uh, Tom and Martin, thank you for uh, making the time to be with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And my pleasure. Thank you. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either on the MP Objects uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Tom or Martin, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.